It's a good day. Hey, uh, my name is Mike Ash. I am the associate pastor here at Next Level. Pastor Matt is up in Clearwater um, in Tampa area. They are speaking to the church this morning and doing a training with that church tomorrow and then doing a training with another church tomorrow night, So, which is kind of cool. So I'm here. I was here a few weeks ago, some of you remember, and that was more of a hey, Pastor Matt was sick, guess what you're doing on Sunday type of deal. So this is a little more prepared, which should be fun and exciting. So, woo, that's a good Wednesday surprise. So I'm here. I've known about this for a couple months, so this is great. Um, uh, for you, for some of you who've been here for the last four weeks, we are in the middle of a series, so you want to be a better blank, this is how you do it. And so for the last four weeks, we haven't really talked through, here's how you be a better, um, here's how you be more healthy, here's how you uh, be a better parent. We've really just sort of gone a little bit deeper in the first week if you were here. We talked through, um, we, we asked the question, what do you really deep down want to be? And we kind of answered the question of, I think that all of us would, would say that we want to be God's, uh, God's best version of us. In other words, if God is our creator and he's made us and he's made us who we we're supposed to be, we would all say, okay, we believe that the created beings function best when we function the way that the creator has made us to function. And so we would answer, you know what, okay, if God has made us, then we want to be the best version that he has for us and the best version that's possible. The second week, Pastor Matt talked and said, you know what, if you want to be God's best version of you, here's the good news, you can't do it. He said, but God is God will give us the power and the ability to become that best version of us, but on our own, we just are unable to become that best version of us. The third week, last week, he talked through the pain. He said, we have to push through pain, and if we're going to become God's best version of us, we have to push through the pain, and there are just certain seasons in life and certain times in, times in all of our lives when we experience pain, and we have to push through those seasons of pain. And today, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction, because here's, here's the thing about the series. All of us have set out to be a better something or other. All of us at different times in our lives have said, I want to be better at this, or I want to be better at that. We all say it, but, but a lot of times it is difficult for us to really come across that line and become the best version that God has for us. And for a lot of us, we start in the beginning of the year, and for some of us, maybe this is your story. Beginning of this year, you said, I want to be better at this, or I want to be better at that. And even now, that's sort of fallen by the wayside. But today, I want to talk through why that happens. Why is it that when we set out to be a better this, or we want to become God's best version of us, why don't we all accomplish that? Why don't we all become God's best version of us and become the people that we actually want to be as opposed to the people that are sitting in the seat right now and standing up on stage? Why don't we become the person that God wants us to be? And I'll give you the answer just in case you're going to leave early. The reason why we don't become, because <laughs> you might, I'll throw my water bottle at you, but you might. Um, the, reason why, the reason why we don't become God's best version of us is because of what happens in our mind. It's because of what happens up here. It is the battle that is waged up here that regardless of how much you want to be something, to change, to do something, that, that our mind has the ability to completely knock us off track and mess us up even though we say, okay, I want to get more healthy. Our mind throws us off track. I want to be a better this. Your mind throws you off track. It's what happens up here. The reason why you and I are not better is because of what happens up here. Because think about it. The way to become a better version of yourself is not very complicated. It is actually very, very simple. Think about this. You want to be more healthy? Let me tell you. Here's how you be more healthy. Diet, exercise. Get your diet right, not diet, but get your diet right, what you eat right, and exercise. If you do those things, I realize there may be a little bit more to it, but if you do those two things, you're going to be healthy if you diet and exercise. Okay. If you want to quit smoking, let me help you. This is going to be, for some of you who smoke, this is going to be revelation for you. You know how to quit smoking? 
quit <laughs> smoking, okay? Take the cigarettes, throw them away, don't buy any more, and don't let anybody give you any. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo! All right, let's pray and go home. Um, now, it's simple. The path to becoming God's best version of us is very simple. Think about this, becoming a better parent. Shut off the TV, engage with your kids. I'm not saying that's the end-all answer, but I'm saying that is the very, very simple way to become a better parent. You do it, you will just become a better parent, better follower of Jesus. Pray, read your Bible, do what it says. Right? I mean, just think about it. Hold on, hold on. Just think about it. If you pray, read your Bible, and do what it says, you're going to beat all of us. I mean, you are going to be the premier follower of Jesus in this room. You're going to stand up on this stage, and uh, if you're a good talker, you can stand up on the stage, even if you're not. But if you stand on the stage, you can teach all of us. If you pray, read your Bible, and do what it says, because the path to becoming better and the path to becoming God's best version for us is simple. It is simple. But for a lot of us, here's what we think about God. We think God has this extremely complicated version of us becoming better, and we think God's out to get us. We, we think that God is just waiting for us. As soon as we start taking some steps in the direction he wants us to take, that suddenly he's going to go, that idiot, and just come out and just swoop at you and just mess you up. He, sometimes we think that God has made this extremely weird thing, that he's our creator, and as our creator, in order to become the best version of ourselves we can be, he's made this weird, complicated, complex system that we're going to have to go through in order to become better. But it's not true. Because become God's best version of us is simple. But here's the problem. Although it's simple, it's not usually easy. Although it's simple, it's not usually easy. The reason why at times we can think that it is so complicated to become the best version of you that you can be, sometimes the reason why you and I think it's so complicated is because it's not easy. And we can go, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Because it's so complicated, it's not complicated. It's just not easy. And the reason why it's not easy is that although we have great intentions, our minds lead us in a direction away from becoming a better version of ourselves or a better whatever you fill that blank with. More dreams, ideas, and passions have been derailed by one's mind than any other external force. And difference between the difference between people accomplishing their dreams and those who don't has to do with that, what happens in their mind. Because what happens up here will determine if we accomplish our dreams. What happens up here determines we're going to become the better version of us. What happens up here determines where we're going to go in our lives. And our mind and the battle that happens up here will determine which direction we go. And this is true with professional athletes. Think about Tiger Woods. I realize his marriage has been, his marriage has been a little bit jacked up and kind of in the news and stuff. But if you think about Tiger Woods, he is one of the best golfers that's ever played, arguably one of the best that's ever played. But when he was a kid and he, he used to learn, his dad basically in his backswing, and I'll kind of show you, although I'm not really a golfer, I hit the ball in the water, but that didn't count. So I, he kind of in his backswing at a different times. The, his dad would throw a golf club down or clap or call his name because he knew that, that the, the skill was not only all it would take in order for him to be the best golfer possible. He had to learn how to play with a strong mental game. And if he could mess with them and make sure that he had a strong mental game, he knew that he could be one of the best golfers ever. And that's what's happened. Because people with the same skill as him, or maybe not quite as good, but really close, people with the same skill that do not have the same mental toughness that he has cannot play on his level. And they choke at the end, and they can't seem to stay. Because he is tough. Because that is what the power of our mind is. Our minds are powerful and not easy to control. That's what makes simple things not 
easy. Think about this. Our ability to talk ourselves in and out of something is absolutely amazing. Absolutely unbelievable what you can talk yourself into or talk yourself out to, out of. And think about the people that you know that are in way worse life situations than you. They're in poverty. They don't seem to be doing very good. They just have a really tough life. But you talk to them, and they're like the happiest person you've ever met. And you think, what is, are they on drugs? You just don't know what's wrong with them because they're just completely different. Or think about the person who seems to have the perfect life ever. And they've got the wife who's beautiful and the kids who are awesome and they're doing good in school. And they got the car and they got the house. And then you hear that they cheated on their wife. And they gave it all up. And their mind turned a good situation bad. Our minds have the ability to make us act illogically and make us make decisions that we can all look on from the outside and go, why would they make that decision? Our mind has the ability to do that. Our mind has the ability to ignore wise counsel. That We can have some of the smartest, most respected people in our lives tell us not to do something, and yet we can talk ourselves into it, and our mind can lead us into, in a direction that everyone's telling us not to go. Our mind has the ability to make us spend money that we don't have. Our minds are powerful, and our mind's ability and the battle in our mind's ability to direct us in one way or direct us another way is unbelievable. So, uh, an example for this, Leanne and I, my wife, we went on our first vacation a couple weeks ago without the kids, without the kids, which is awesome. If you've never done it, I'm telling you, it's amazing. Um, I'm telling you, it's awesome because there are no kids, okay? A trip with kids is a trip. It's on a vacation, regardless of where you go, it's a trip. So we went on a vacation without the kids, and I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and I had somebody who had a one-year-old, and they go, did the kids survive? And let me just tell you this. Her, her parents flew down and stayed with us, and her brother gave us this time chair, but her parents flew down, and everyone's like, were the kids okay? Listen, the people who are traumatized when you leave kids are not the kids. <laughs> because if you don't regularly spend time with a three-year-old and a one-year-old, I'm just telling you, it is exhausting. And so coming back, the people who are traumatized were her, her parents, and coming back, coming back, talking to them, it's like the only way I could relate to it is if, is if we were talking to someone who was in a war zone. Because they have that blank, like, in shock look when you get back, like, I don't know how you guys do that. Your kids. Oh, man, they're just, whoo, God has given you grace. God, God has prepared you for, hey, we couldn't do this. Like, like, you know, that is the way that they describe it as they're talking through it. So we go on, we go on a vacation for a week, and we called once a day because we didn't want to call multiple days and feel guilty about being gone. We called once a day. We were gone, and we were going to Ruskin, Florida. Who's ever been to Ruskin, Florida? Anybody? Okay. Either or I. Uh, either or I. We didn't know what Ruskin, Florida was, but here's what we thought. We thought Marco Island, Naples-ish, Fort Myers, and so Fort Myers Beach. And so we're thinking, okay, we're going to go and go into this timeshare. And her brother booked it all, so we didn't know what it was going to be. But we get off the interstate, and we're driving, and we get into Ruskin city limits, and we realize, and I don't know the, the real word for it, it was very backwoods. <laughs> now, now, when I say backwoods, there, with the, first, the, first, um, the first shop we saw was called Redneck Auto Parts. Okay? Redneck Auto Parts, which I'm thinking, I've never seen a Redneck Auto Parts before. This is like, why would you go there? Like, I just couldn't figure it out. Like, why would you want to go? So for me, I was trying to figure it out. But we were driving along, and suddenly it went from us high expectations, Marco Island, maybe, Naples, and suddenly our expectations really started to shoot down. And it went from, this week is going to be amazing, to, well... Baby, as long as we're together. And, 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 and it went from, man, I think I read that they had tennis courts to, 
I hope the rooms are clean. It's going to be cool if there aren't any bugs. Like, like honestly, we started to have those thoughts, and, and we had this weird, like, time of all of a sudden our expectations were here, but our mind started messing with us because of what we saw, and suddenly our expectations were here, and we're going, well, as, as long as we can lock the room and just kind of hang out, maybe we can just be gone all the time. We can just be gone all the time. We don't have to be in the room. And it ended up, and here's a, the funny end of the story, the place that we went to was amazing. It was kind of this, you turn, and then you take a turn, and it's like, whoa. It was awesome, and it really was. And so, and, and the funny thing was, all week, our expectations got shot down so low. All week, every time we take the turn, it was like, oh, yes, yes, where before, it was what we expected it to be. But that is the power of our mind. It has the ability to take our expectations in just a few, uh, few short minutes and completely change it, and the power of our mind to completely change what we're thinking about. Um, and, and that's just the way our minds work. We can have every intention to be God's best version of ourselves, but intention wears off. And our minds start getting us to do things that lead us in a direction that we don't really want to go. And we start talking our, ourselves out of becoming everything that God wants for us. And if we were to be honest, we could go row by row and talk through different times and tell stories about the change that we tried to make in order to become God's best version of us or, or to become a better um, better part of our lives. And we could tell all those stories. But the funny thing about that is the way that we would tell it would not be, I tried to be a better blank, but man, I lost the battle in my mind. Okay? We would tell it in such a way, and we would use excuses that a lot of us use in order to really justify it the way it is. Let me kind of give you a couple excuses. One is, I don't have enough time. Okay? I don't have enough time. This is the excuse that we use with things like working out. Beginning of the year, you set a goal, I want to work out, I want to be more healthy, and now, well, I just don't have the time. I'm just so busy. Praying, reading your Bible, um, spending more time with your kids, I just don't have time. But the truth is, you lost the battle in your mind. And the reason why you gave up on the goals and becoming a better version of yourself is not that suddenly you're just way more busy than anyone else and the average American watches five hours of TV a day and you can't just shut it off for an hour. That is not the reason. The reason why is because we lost the battle in our mind. Another excuse, I don't have enough money. And I hear this all the time when I talk to people about money. Why don't you live on a budget? Here's what they say. Well, I spend all my money. What would I budget? I mean, and, and if you live by a budget, you go, that doesn't really make sense, but that's what they say. People who save and give, and at the beginning of the year or different times in your life, you have said, I want to live by a budget. I want to save. I want to be more generous. I want to, I, I want to do that. But now the excuse you use is, I, well, I don't have enough money for that. But the truth is, you lost the battle in your mind. Another excuse, I deserve this. I deserve this new car. I deserve a big house. I work hard. I have a family. I have to support. I deserve this. And that is the excuse you use. And the funny thing about that is we rack up car, credit card debt. We rack up credit card debt with I deserve this, I deserve this, I deserve this. Then when you get all the credit card debt, you know what you say? I don't deserve this. I can't believe they're calling me all the time. I don't deserve this. I can't believe they do it. And here's the funny thing that we hear a lot is, why would God do this to me? As if God was telling you to buy things you can't afford. You know, it's kind of that, that version of um, why you do it. Because the truth is, the reason why you're racking up the debt and buying the car you can't afford and buying the house that you're just hoping everybody else sees is because you lost the battle in your mind. Another excuse is, well, they're not doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be a better husband, but she's not. I want to be a better wife, but he's being a jerk to me. And if he's going to be a jerk, I don't need to be a nice wife. And, and let me just say this, and this is, this is more of a personal, let me take a personal side note real quick and speak to the men. Because women, let me just clear something up. 
I don't understand you. Okay? I don't understand women. I want to just write that down somewhere, record that. We're going to play that back. Um, I don't, but men, let me just tell you this. I hear a lot of guys that I talk to that when they talk about being better husbands, here's what they say. Well, she's not nice. Well, well, she's mean to me, so if she's mean to me, why would I be a better husband? If she's mean to me and she treats me like this, how am I expected to be better? Because I'm trying to be better, but if she's not going to be better, I'm not going to be better. Let me say this, guys, and this is a personal belief for me. I think as men in marriage, you are called to lead. I think you're called to lead. I think your leadership does not have anything to do with the way she responds to it. So I think if you were to say, well, I tried to lead, but she was not mean to me doesn't matter. If your marriage is not where it needs to be, you have to take the step and move forward. And if you don't like it, that's why you're called a man. Okay, that's a personal thing. I know some guys are like, whatever, dude. That's cool. Um, so they're not doing it. Um, we lose about all in our mind. Here's mine. Let me tell you a personal one for me. Here's, I use this all the time because for some reason I think it works. One of my excuses I use is, well, I worked out today, so I can eat whatever I want, right? I mean, I worked out today. This bowl of ice cream with chocolate on top and crunched up nutty bars, we're good, right? I mean, I, I worked out today, but here's the truth. I lost a battle in my mind. I know I shouldn't eat it, and in my mind, I know I don't even really want to eat it. I know that up here, but I lost the battle in our mind. It is simple, but it is not easy. And the excuses we use is we lose the battle in our mind. We know the right thing to do, and we know what God's best version of us is. But we are not becoming that version, not because the path is complicated, but because we lost the battle in our mind. We try to be a better blank, but we lose the battle in our mind. Because although change and growth are simple, they are not easy. And if we set out to make changes, and we set out to be a better um, anything in our lives, but we don't address this idea of of how to make sure that our mind is on track, then it's going to be very difficult for us to make the change that we need to make. So what I want to do is I want to look at a Bible verse. I want to look at one verse today and really focus on this verse because I think this verse has everything to do with, with us becoming a better version of ourselves and really being God's best version of ourselves. Here's a verse in Colossians, chapter 3, verse 2. It says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. I think if, if as followers of Jesus, we're going to pursue the lives and the dreams uh, the life and the dreams that he has for us to become his best version of us, we have to change the setting that our mind is focused on. Because I think when you pursue the dreams and the callings and the life that the creator of the universe, the one who made everything, think about this, he made everything. When you pursue the life that he has for you, the life that the creator has for you, you can't look at your circumstances to determine if you can do it or not. Because God is bigger than your circumstances. God is bigger than your circumstances, and God does not take into account your circumstances when he is asking you or calling you to do something. God doesn't say, hey, I want you to be nicer to your family. Yeah, but God, but she's not nice to me. I didn't realize that. Oh, you're cool. Oh, my bad. You're cool. You're cool. Be mean to her. Drink some more. It's cool. You know what I mean? God does not look at your circumstances and go, oh, I didn't realize that your circumstances were holding you back. God does not take into account because God is bigger than your circumstances. And your circumstances, if you try to be better, I'm just telling you, your circumstances will always tell you you can't do it. Always. You want to be better? You can't do this. 
You can't do it. Pastor Matt talked about it a couple weeks ago, but your circumstances will always tell you that. But greatness is always, always, always achieved by people who ignored their circumstances and trusted God. Greatness is always achieved by people who ignored their circumstances and trusted God. Think about Moses, okay? Moses got kicked out of Egypt. He went to a completely other country, and, and the Pharaoh of Egypt threatened to kill him. God came to him, and he said to Moses, hey, Moses, I need you to go back to Egypt, and here's what I need you to do. I need you to tell the Pharaoh, let all the Israelites who are all the slaves and all the workforce and the people who basically did all of the hard work, I need you to tell the Pharaoh to let them go and not just let them be free in the country, but completely let them go and let them leave the whole country. And here's Moses standing there going, okay, God, how does that even work? And even Moses said to Pharaoh, or said to God, Moses said to God, God, I'm not a very good talker. I'm not really. And God said, listen, I don't want you to set your mind on your circumstances. You have to set your mind on things above. Think about David, okay? David, David was a shepherd boy, a teenage shepherd boy. He walked up to this battlefield, and he sees this nine-foot giant out there, and he goes, I'll fight him. But you got a sling? A sling? You got a sling? I'll go out there. You know why? Because David was not focused on on earthly things. He was focused on things above. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the, the king who believed he was God, said to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you don't bow to me, you're going in the furnace. And they said, that's okay. You can do whatever you want to us. You know why? Because we're not looking at you. We're focused on, on, on things that are above. We are not focused on the things of this earth. You can do whatever you want because th- this doesn't matter to me. It's only on things above. Greatness is always achieved by people who ignore their circumstances. And all the people that we want to be like, all the heroes in the Bible and the people we just think, man, how could they ever do it? This is how they did it. They didn't focus on their circumstances. They focused on things above. And in order to be God's best version of us, we have to ignore our circumstances and focus on God. We have to ignore our circumstances and focus on God. So the series is, so you want to be a better blank, this is how you do it. I'm going to take the next couple of minutes and actually tell you, this is how you set your mind on things above and give you a few tools. I know there's a couple of ways, but give you a few tools to do that. So three steps to set your mind. The first one is memorize scripture. Memorize scripture. Here's what, here's what, here's what memorizing scripture does. And this seems like a pretty, if you've been in church, it seems like a pretty easy answer. Let me tell you what memorizing scripture does. Memorizing scripture is, uh, it allows us to hear God's voice in the midst of our circumstances. It allows us to hear God's voice in the midst of our circumstances. When we memorize scripture and have that, we hear it in the midst of chaos. When, when Leanne and I had our first son, his name is uh, Karsten, he's three years old, we went to the birthing class, which is always a good time for the dad. But we went to the birthing class, and one of the things they told us is that, hey, in the birthing class, you have to, you have to say two things, relax and breathe. Okay, relax and breathe, relax and breathe. So when she, when Leanne went into a contraction and we had that, I just said, baby, you got to relax and you got to breathe. Okay. The reason why they tell you she has to say relax or you have to tell her relax and breathe, relax and breathe is because in the midst of the pain and the chaos, which is labor, she will try to do instinctively the other things, which is tense up and not breathe. Well, that's important. And so for me, the whole time, we're walking around the hospital because they're trying to help the labor along. We're walking around, and every time she stops for a contraction, I'm like, baby, you got to relax. Baby, you got to breathe. Relax. Breathe. She actually told me later, if you said that one more time, I was going to punch you. Like, she didn't. 
She's like, relax, breathe, relax, breathe, because I'm just saying it. And, and in the midst of her chaos and pain, there was a voice telling her what she needed to do, even though she did not want to do it, and she didn't even know to do it. That's how it works when we memorize Scripture. It is a voice to us in the midst of the chaos, the circumstances, and we're too focused on our circumstances. It is a voice that points us towards the heavenly things, not the earthly things. It is a thing that continues to draw our attention up, not focus on what's ahead. Okay? And for some of us, and here's another thing that it does. It takes the lies that so easily come after us, and it combats them with truth. And when you hear truth in the midst of lies, truth will what? It will set you free. The truth will set you free. And so for us, when we are combated with, with lies, let me just kind of give you a couple lies. I can't do it. I can't do it. Philippians 4.13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. If you don't think you can do it, if that's your thing, this is your verse. And you say it out loud, you write it down. I can do all things who gives me strength. I'm not good enough. How about that lie? I'm not good enough for this. Okay? 2 Corinthians 12.9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. My power is made perfect in your weakness, which means if your thing is, I'm not good enough, you know what? That is the best environment for God to work because his power is made perfect in your weakness. How about this? God can't use someone like me. I'm too messed up. My past is jacked up. God can't use someone like me. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. If you, if you think that God can't use you, I'm telling you, you put Jeremiah 29, 11 everywhere. Memorize it. And every time you have the thought of, I'm not good enough, you read it. Oh, this one, I want to give up. I want to give up. This is too hard. I'm ready to give up. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Every time you have that feeling of, I want to give up, that's your verse. Galatians 6, 9. You can just repeat, do not give up. Do not grow weary in doing good, that you can do that. And if you can speak these when you're feeling it, you will constantly, what will happen is you will constantly go from looking at your circumstances to looking at what's above. Looking at your circumstances to looking at, looking at what's above. Scripture that we memorize is God's voice in the midst of our chaos. And what it does, and this is tough to explain, what it does is it brings our mind into submission. And what it does is, again, because truth sets you free, when you're, when you're fo- focused on all the lies and focused on the earthly things, it constantly brings your mind to submission and focused on the heavenly things and the things that are above. The second thing is, ask the Holy Spirit to reset your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to reset your heart. God wants to guide our thoughts. And when we have thoughts that we know are not positive and of God, we have to pray, God, reset my heart. God, reset my heart. Holy Spirit, reset my heart. Help me to focus on things above, not on earthly things. We need to have our hearts reset because so, for so long, so many of us have been so focused on our circumstances, we've not done a very good job of focusing on the things that we need to focus on that are above. We're so focused on what's ahead. We're so focused on the fact that we can't do it. It is so difficult for us to focus on the things that are above. Like for me, um, this was when I was turning 30, I was kind of evaluating my life, and that was a big deal. I turned 30 this past August, and evaluate my life, trying to figure out where I needed to be and some of the things I needed to go through. And I realized that for me, I started to listen to some music that I think probably brought me a little bit too far away from what I think God wanted for me. For me, growing up, um, as you guys probably have guessed, I was in a gang when I was in high school, obviously. So I was... Um, <laughs> 
when I tell people that, everyone's like, you weren't. I'm, I was. I'm, I'm, I'm truthful. But, um, and so I, I used to be really into hip-hop and rap music. Well, that has basically remained with me as far as my favorite style of music. And if you're a Christian and you like hip-hop and, and rap, um, there's not a lot of Christian options out there, to be honest with you. So for me, I, I, I got to a place when I was turning 30, and I thought, man, I just I feel like my heart's a little bit off. I feel like I need my heart to be reset. I feel like I need to come back a little bit. And so I did a 30-day fast right before I was, um, right before I turned 30. 30-day fast of all secular music and all TV, unless Leanne turned it on for the boys or something. I just said, 30-day fast, I'm not listening to any of it. And it was, it was, it was the most amazing thing, because I feel like that God took my heart, and the Holy Spirit took my heart, and he reset it back in the direction that he needed it to go, and set it up as opposed to looking down. And so for me, that was like the most amazing thing to now, even my filters and everything are completely different. And at different times, we need to ask, God, reset my heart. Holy Spirit, reset my heart. Help me to reset my heart so that I am more focused on you than I am on our circumstances. And if you're too focused on your circumstances, God wants to refocus your heart and focus you on things above. He wants you to look to him, not look at your circumstances. And here's kind of the, the weird dichotomy. When you, when you start following Jesus and start following God, he says that you are his child, okay? What child ever looks at their own ability and judges what they can or can't do? I know for my son, he doesn't judge anything. He knows he can only do what he and daddy can do. That's, that's his deal, okay? So if he's trying to climb a tree, because that's, he's a boy, that's what he does, he knows, I know I can't climb a tree, but I'm going to start climbing a tree because I know that if I start to fall or if I need help, daddy's going to come help me. I mean, he knows that. Every child takes into account not just what they can do, but also what they and their parents can do. For us, it's the same way. When you reset our heart, it's going, okay, I'm not just taking into account my circumstances, what I can do. I'm taking into account what God can do as well. The third one is choose to set your mind daily. Choose to set your mind daily. Um, I say daily because this is a process. And like any process, in the beginning of it, in the beginning of any change, it's always awkward. In the beginning of any change, there's a necessarily awkward period that you have to deal with and you have to work through and you have to go through. It's like any habit. For some of you who started different habits at the beginning of the year, you understand. It's been a little bit necessarily awkward. Um, and so you have to basically decide every day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set my mind, I'm going to set my mind, I'm going to set my mind, and it has to happen every day. For me, this happens a little more naturally. Um, the reason why it happens naturally is because when my wife and I got married, I was driving a Kia Optima, which is kind of a bigger car, and she was driving a Corolla, Toyota Corolla, 2001. And so it's a smaller car, but that's okay because I'm six foot four and she's five foot four. Well, a couple months ago, we wrecked the Kia and totaled it. And so it seemed like the perfect opportunity because we have two kids to buy a minivan. So guess who drives the minivan? My wife. Guess who drives the go-kart? The six foot four guy. Okay, take out the front seat. I'll sit in the back and drive it because I am that big. Okay, <laughs> every day driving down the street, you know what I think? I hate my car. <laughs> I, and not in a hate, and I don't think Leanne's in here. She has like this bond because she bought it. I don't have a bond to it. I just have a despise. But I went driving around the car. I see anyone in roomier cars if I travel anywhere and I see people and I, or I travel anywhere and I rent a car and I'm like, oh, this is the life. And I just drive around thinking, this car is so small for me. I don't know what to do. It really is like a go-kart. You know who I can race? Because I'm a guy. All guys race people at stoplights. That's how we roll. It's what we do. But you know who I can beat? People on bicycles. That's all I got. <laughs> when you're driving a Corolla, that's it. 
That's why I run, because at least I can beat some people when I run, but when I drive, it doesn't work out very well. And you go, why don't you get a new car? I'll tell you why we don't get a new car. Because for us, we're going to drive that car into the ground. Because even on a financial level, for us, if we have extra money, we want to do two things. We want to save it, we want to give it. We want to save it, and we want to make sure that we're advancing the kingdom of God. And every time I get in the car and I drive by anyone or see a car bigger than me, here's what it does. I hate my car. You know what? I'll drive this car. I hate my car. I'll drive this car. And every day it forces me to set my mind on things above and actually say, you know what, God? You have given me this car, although it's not my favorite car. It's not awesome. I'm not in love with it. But you know what? It's going to ride for a long time. And as long as it rides, I will drive it. And whatever I can do on a financial level, as opposed to getting payments and paying interest on a car and getting and doing all of that, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to focus on you. I'm, we're going to send some money your way as opposed to sending our way. And every day it sets our mind daily. And for some of us, that's what we need to do. We need to set our mind daily. We have to daily choose to set our mind on things above. And you, go, you say, yeah, but what do we set our mind on? What do you focus on? There's, there are some verses in the scripture, or verses in your bulletin that I put in there from Philippians that basically are, are amazing, an amazing new setting for all of us to have. And it's Philippians 4 verse 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, you know how to keep your, your mind set on things above? Here's your filter. As the negative thoughts and the lies come your way and the things come your way and you start telling yourself, I don't think I can do this, I don't think I can do this. Okay. Is it true? Is it noble? I just can't do it. Is that true? That's not true. Is it noble? It's not noble. Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it praiseworthy? No, it's none of those things. So you know what? These are the things that we're going to focus on. And listen, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. In other words, okay, you know how to be God's best version of you because it's simple. Put those things into practice. And if you put those things into practice and focus on things that are above, look what happens. The God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you for us, for some of us, over the past four weeks, for some of us, we started off the series, and we, we made a change, and we said we're going to make a change, but our mind is completely derailed us the last four weeks, and we've gotten completely off. For some of us, we've listened to the series, or we've been here four weeks, or three, or two, or maybe this is your first day, and you hear about becoming better, doing things to change, you know what you tell, you know what you tell yourselves? Yeah, this is, all, this is all great, but I've made changes before. Okay? I've made changes and they haven't worked. They haven't stuck. Listen, I've tried to change. I understand what you're saying. I appreciate the series, but I can't change. I've done this and it doesn't work. I think today is your day to start again. I think the reason why you're here is because God brought you here to say, you know what? It's your time to take a step again. It's your time to, to decide to be better again. It's a time to reset your mind and to go through this and to focus on what's above and actually give God that shot and say, I'm going to take a chance to be his best version of me. And I've kind of said, I don't think I can do it. And some of us, we've been holding back. The last four weeks, we know that this area of our life over here, we know we need to give up. We know we need to walk away from, but we haven't done it. Today's your day. So I'm going to have everybody close your eyes. And listen, if that's you, if you feel like, 
I need to, today's my day. I need to set my mind on things above. I need to reset my mind and the focus that I'm on. And this is my day. Today is the day when I actually give up some things, I take on some things. Today's the day when I focus on the things I need to focus on and let go of the things. Today is the day when I begin the process. If that's you, just lift your hand. Lift your hand. There's so many of us, and let's pray. God, as we raise our hands, you see them. You see our hands because our hands represent people who are saying, God, we want to set our mind on things above. We have allowed our circumstances to get in our way for too long. We have focused on our circumstances. God, we're deciding today to begin to ignore our circumstances and focus on you. We know that you want the best version of us to come through. We know that you want us to become that. So God, we are going to completely and do whatever we can to make sure that we're setting our minds on you. God, for some of us, I ask that you would give us a scripture to memorize to help us combat the lies that are going to come at us in the next few days. God, give us the ability to quote them and do whatever we can to do that. And God, I pray that you would help us, and, and we pray right now that you would reset our hearts, that our hearts would be reset, and that we would focus on you, and that every day we would choose to set it. So God, help us to be the best version of us that you have created us to be. We know that you have an amazing plan for our lives, God. We ask that you would help us to accomplish that and to follow that, God. Give us the strength as we go forward to do it. In Jesus' name.